David Pensick, Communications Manager for SCLO Center Region Library. We are located in the heart of downtown State College on the corner of Beaver Avenue and Allen Street. And this episode is dropping on Wednesday, May 29th, 2019, our final episode for the month of May. Hope everyone had a wonderful uh, Memorial Day weekend, which whether you stayed here or uh, went out of town, hope everyone had a wonderful uh, holiday weekend. And we're looking ahead to uh, action-packed, if you will, summer, uh, starting June 1st with our uh, with our summer blast off for summer reading. I'll get more into that toward the end of this episode. But summer reading obviously is in full gear. You can register right now at reading.sclolibrary.org. And June 1st is the first day you can start logging in your reading. So, And summer reading, again, for babies to adults. So those of us who are more advanced in age, we can participate in summer reading too. Definitely encourage you to do that. Some great prizes for the adults uh, out there, um, as well as, of course, the children. Um, so it's, uh, we have a great sl- uh, slate of events coming up in the summer. Again, I'll get more into some of that uh, toward the end of this episode. Uh, for this episode, uh, an exhibition coming up in June, which um, we, I mean, we keep coming up with some great exhibitions, some really impactful ones, and this one is no different. It's a poem in our eyes. And what it is, it's a collaboration between residents of Center Crest Nursing Home's Memory Care Unit, some works of, from local artists, and a writing teacher, Robin Passante, who worked with the residents uh, in the Memory Care Unit. They looked at Im- uh, paintings and photographs that were done by local artists, and the residents, uh, Robin, helped them come up with poems uh, inspired by these images, and that, that's what the exhibition is going to be. You'll see the images, the paintings, the photographs, along with the poems written by the, the residents from Centercrest. And this program is done through Ridgeline's Language Arts, which is a nonprofit founded in 2017 by Abby Miner, and it's uh, the, the idea is to provide uh, expert language arts instruction to those who are impacted by stigma and injustice in central Pennsylvania. And so, so Poem in Our Eyes gives a voice to, for example, gives a voice to people who are in the a memory care unit, and we, I'm sure we know pe- um, people who have... Uh, uh, going through uh, memory care issues, memory issues, memory loss issues, and I think this program's uh, great. It, again, it gives some voice and and to a population that sometimes gets forgotten, uh, people who are living in memory care units of nursing homes. And so this week, joining me is Abby and Robin as they talk about a poem in our eyes and the Ridgeline Language Arts nonprofit uh, in general, and just the impact it's had. And, uh, and, and what this exhibition um, means. So hope you enjoy my conversation with Abby and Robin as we get set for A Poem in Our Eyes, which opens June 3rd, June 3rd through the 27th in our gallery. We're looking forward 
forward to this uh, exhibition Sklo's going to have in June, A Poem in Our Eyes, with, that's brought to you by uh, Ridgeline's Language Arts. And um, so I'm here with Abby Miner and Robin Passanti, who, uh, who's uh, led the class A Poem in Our Eyes. Uh, I guess start with you, Abby. Can you talk about Ridgeline's, how, you know, you started this nonprofit a couple of years ago, how that came about and your inspiration for doing that? Yeah, sure. Thanks, David. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Um, so Ridgeline's language arts mission um, is to provide expert language arts instruction to folks who are impacted by stigma or injustice in some ways here in these ridges and valleys. Um, and so you can imagine... Um, like poetry writing classes in low-income nursing homes, songwriting at uh, the local youth detention center, um, civic writing and sort of college prep kind of creative writing at um, Stormbreak Youth Shelter for Girls here in State College. So those are all some programs that we are doing this year in, in addition to being examples of the <laughs> kinds of things we do. Um, and I, I'm a creative writer, I'm a poet, and I started teaching poetry classes in a couple of nursing homes and senior centers in Center County in 2012. Um, I was encouraged to go out in the community and do that kind of teaching by Julia Kastorf, who's a poet who teaches at Penn State, and she uh, sends her students out into the community through a program called uh, The Writer in the Community. And when that semester was over, you know, it, the, the class was supposed to be over, but my students were sort of like, okay, see you next week. <laughs> and I sort of was like, okay, see you next week. Yeah. <laughs> and then kept going back every week for a couple of years. Oh. Um, and so that was, you know, on a volunteer basis for a few years and then eventually had a little grant from the PA Council on the Arts, a little support from the Center Foundation, which was encouraging. And, and, and I sort of, I myself was just having such a wonderful experience connecting with people that I would not normally have come into contact with through um, creative writing, which is quite a, can be a quite soulful way mm -hmm. of, of connecting and encountering people. And I, I wanted more folks in the community to be receiving that kind of instruction, but I also wanted more um, creative writers and language artists to have that experience as teachers and to be supported in having that experience. So another thing that Ridgeline's really focuses on is um, facilitating and supporting the work that teaching artists do. Hmm. Um, so just making sure like that they have the support and the administrative support and the financial support that they need to, to spend the, the amount of time and energy that it right. takes to teach a program like this. Yeah. yeah. What's been the response to these places you've been? I mean, the one that's going to be at Sclose, um from residents of Centercrest, but you mentioned some of the other ones. What's been the response from from these the the people that you are working with for in these classes yeah, yeah. Pe people have been very enthusiastic um you know i think folks really enjoy it and really appreciate it um the 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 two programs that we do at Centercrest are our most uh long running and most well established mm -hmm. programs so there and the, and those programs kind of reflect what I hope happens with all of our programs, where there really kind of develops like a community around the class. I mean, there are folks at Centercrest who really identify as part of the Writers Club, they call it. And so even throughout the year when I'm not there teaching, I, I teach a class with folks um, who don't have memory loss, right, whereas Robin's right. teaching in the memory loss unit this, right. this year. Um, folks are looking forward and they kind of... Um, have a bond with each other because yeah. they're in the writing group. Um, mm -hmm. And so I hope that that's what we can develop in yeah. all of our programs, that it, it, it kind of, it's not just a one-off, that we kind of develop this relationship with the students and with the teacher and that there's this positive. And, and there's been a really positive response from 
staff members at the sites where we teach, yeah, like, yeah. Um, you know, the directors or staff members who are, are working at each of these sites, I think they appreciate having um, someone else come in and do these programs and, and seeing positive and, and usually very healthy effects for people. Yeah. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically with a poem in our eyes, I guess you could talk about how, you know, or Robin, can we talk about how uh, Robin, you got involved with the program and, you know, the idea behind it and developing it? Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, Robin, why don't you talk about how you got involved and, and you can talk about idea behind it too or we'll see (laughs) Uh, yeah so I was kind of put in touch with Abby through a mutual friend Um, I heard about what she was doing with language arts and specifically with a poem in our eyes and being heard which is also at Center Crest and I was I, I was Professionally, I'm a local journalist, so I was interested in the story of it and covering Ridgelines as this new nonprofit. And so Abby and I sat down. And then on the personal side of it, I'm a longtime volunteer with a hospice agency, so um, it really touched me that she was working with these people specifically. Uh, so we had a great conversation or a couple of conversations. And um, I remember speaking to what she was just saying, I interviewed a couple of her, of the residents at Center Crest who have taken her being her class. And I, and I remember being impressed by this one woman who was kind of rifling through her personal things. This was not during class time. It was not during the time of year when she teaches the class, but she was working on her own poems on her own. So you can see the effect that it had given somebody, just that new identity that she found herself. I'm, I'm a poet. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives them a sense of purpose that they that is harder to come by in mm-hmm. those older waning years. So... Anyway, fast forward several months, and she was looking for somebody to teach this session of A Poem in Our Eyes, and she reached out to me, and I was thrilled to, to oh, accept the job. Oh, that's good. How do, how do the classes work? How do you conduct the classes with the residents? So within, I'm working within the memory loss unit there at Center Crest. So these are some special folks, and they're all, they all have varying levels of dementia. Some mm-hmm. are more able to communicate than others they all have something to say um, whether verbally or or just in their participation at the table so we sit at a giant a a big table I have a whiteboard um, and we first go around the room and I introduce myself to everybody individually and I write their names down so that we are all aware of who's participating and there's a big greeting and then we share um several prints of a single image uh, they share them um, and we look at it and we talk about it what what do you see what what does this make you feel what would you like to say this person is going to do next and we really just kind of um, imagine and share and feel things and I write what they're saying and what they're observing on the whiteboard and together line by line we come up with a poem Jeez. The uh, the images are, are paintings from or works done by a local artist. Or, uh, can you talk mm-hmm. about um, maybe some of the ones that um, are going to be featured at the the library in, in June, or and how they got involved with the with the program? <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll talk about how they got yeah. involved, and Robin, yeah. you could describe some of them because mm-hmm. you've been working with them. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. I, I taught the program last spring mm-hmm. and just put out a call to local artists, and I had been working with images either torn from magazines or found online mm-hmm. and then thought, oh, it would be cool to use artworks by local artists and, and that was also a way to make sure that we have permission to use them because yeah. we were in contact with the artists. Um, 
And so I reached out to folks I know who are local artists and said, you know, do you want to participate? And, and lots of folks did. And we're really excited and we're excited to see the poems that came in response mm -hmm. to their artworks because they're quite sort of interesting to see. Um, and one thing I just want to say quickly, if folks are listening who have people who live with memory loss and their families, this method that, that we use and that Robin just described that, that she uses in the sessions is kind of an, an amalgamation of, of our own imaginations of figuring out how this would work and also of a couple established methods. One is called time slips, um, and, and you can learn more about that at timeslips.org. It's a, it's a way of working with images with people with memory loss. Um, and then there's, a, there's um, a company called Pictures to Share that prints big picture books for people with memory loss. Um, and, and so both of those organizations have some sort of tips and best practices for doing this work that we've also learned from. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, I guess, Ron, for you, personally to, to work with people who are and to see them create things that are art but have memory loss I mean how what's that like for you to see these people you know the the skills that they still have that people might you know not realize that yeah. you know that, that uh, it's in their crust yeah it's been really inspiring yeah. for me um it's and again with my hospice work I see mm -hmm. a lot of people who don't have much to do, mm -hmm. who don't have visitors, who don't, who aren't stimulated very much by anything beyond the television set in their rooms. So um, I see them transform into poets. You know, they they really realize they physically see me writing down what it is they're saying. Mm -hmm. And for some people who really kind of have more advanced stages, it it takes that visibly seeing their words on the board to for them to understand that they are participating in this thing and that there's a recording of their thoughts and their emotions. And um, it just shows me as a person that there's always, there's always something to observe and something to share and something to, to um, latch on to. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And, yeah. Oh. Well, and I think too, just to speak to that, Robin, um, when I facilitated the class in the past, something I was really struck by is like, you know, I think it's easy for us to have this idea of, of how you're supposed to interact just as a human in society, you know. And we do this with kids, too, you know. You're supposed, you know, we have these rules of how you're supposed to function, you know, relationally. And I think if you let that go a little bit, and you know, most people want to feel listened to, feel like they're participating in something. And if you let go of this idea of, like, this person, you know, it would be easy to say, well, this person's not making sense. But I think... Um, if we can kind of let go of that a little bit and step back and say they're they're responding to their situation with all the tools that they have and that's what any of us ever do mm -hmm. yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. yeah there's something free and creatively too about seeing witnessing that they don't necessarily have the same um, filters that that we do that we put on ourselves mm -hmm. so whatever they're thinking they are going to tell me and, mm -hmm. and they do you know, whether whether <laughs> positive or negative or just outlandish but I love that um, that creative aspect of it yeah. um, it helps me as a writer to just be more free too or to recognize when I'm not when I'm holding myself back in my own writing yeah, yeah I had that experience too <laughs> yeah <laughs> can you describe some of the uh, images that that we'll be uh, seeing at SCLO in June that the, the residents worked with yeah there? it's really um, it's a, a pretty great mix mm -hmm. of um Paintings uh, by some local artists, watercolors. Um, there's a 
drawing a black and white like pencil sketch by a local artist. I reached out to a photographer, Art Heim, um, who I saw on his website that he had some great wildlife images that I thought would kind of capture the imaginations of, of my class. And he was so thrilled to learn about this collaboration. I think local artists in general, once we've reached out to them, they're all so positively affected by the fact that their art can be put in front of folks like this who have mm-hmm. something totally different to say about it than you know your average person. So he went above and beyond um, giving me printouts, 11 by 17, five different copies of five different images that I picked. And you know he matted them and foam boarded them, and he's so excited about it. So we're using a couple of his images, too. Oh, it's yeah. great fun. That's mm-hmm. great. And Abby, I guess you uh, brought some of the poems that were written uh, last year. I don't know if there's one that you wanted to maybe share. <laughs> and uh, th- was this a class that, uh, that you did or was this? Uh, yeah, yeah, so I, I taught this class last spring and then I was like so delighted that Robin was was willing to take it over this spring now that I've taken on a lot of administrative duties for Ridgelines. <laughs> and, and I also just really, the whole idea of Ridgelines was to, to get get other folks teaching in the community mm-hmm. in these ways. So I'm so delighted that Robin is teaching the class. But these poems that I have right right now are from are from the class last spring in mm. spring 2018. Mm. Um, I will read for you, David, um, a poem called Friend, mm. and and the students name the poems themselves. You know, I think Robin, mm-hmm. this has been the case in your class too. When you're done, you just say, "What should we call this?" Yes, yes, we titled them. Every one of them has whatever the title you see in this show that oh. came from a student. That's great. Yeah. So this is this is called Friend, and it's by eight residents of, of Stanton Court is the name of the memory care unit at Center Crest. And so this is eight voices and people, and I think you'll also see or hear the way that the teacher kind of then weaves some of the, the reflections and words together. Um, the teacher's hand is, is in it a little bit in terms of arranging, um, but not much. I mean, we also leave it fairly as is. And, and this poem was made in response to a beautiful painting by Rick Avery, who, a painter who lives out in Julianne. The painting is called Black Dog. A canyon, a man-made one. I see a lot of peace there. The water, the dog just looking. Everything we have, we have to have with something. It looks pretty wild. We've been very careful and very confident. According to the clouds, it looks like a storm coming. The dog's coming home to get in the shed to keep from getting wet. Is this a person? Is this her? There's some in here that I have used. We come in from here and see right there's a little one. There's about six. See, this is all, this is very large. I went down there with three little boys, and when it was all said and done, I didn't have any little boys. It's a family reunion. Everybody came. A stream there that kids could swim in. People used to do that all the time. Just the piece of it. It seems like just a clear, different moon. of lots of people's voices and there's often like conversations and sometimes arguments I don't know if that's happened for you Robin <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, tears sometimes lots of laughter lots of, um, lots of emotions and, and oh wow that's great. Uh, um, for people who maybe want to get involved with this, I mean, are you looking for either volunteers or, uh, you know, what does Ridgeline 
you know, what are you looking for that may, and people, how they, can they get, find out more about it? Yeah, <laughs> um, you, you can find out more about Ridgelines at, at ridgelineslanguagearts.org. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. can also get in touch with us at, at ridgelineslanguagearts at gmail. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're definitely looking for volunteers and assistant teachers, especially, even mm-hmm. if you don't have any teaching experience. All of our teachers are, you know, professional language artists, and but they can certainly use a hand, and that's mm-hmm. a great way maybe to train to eventually maybe teach your own class if you're interested and um so there are some great ways to get involved yeah, yeah i guess that uh, um and maybe Robin, with teaching this class i mean what skills are maybe different compared to if you were teaching you know a class you know with college students or whatever i mean are there special skills obviously you, you a person would need to, um to, yeah well for this one specifically i think i drew on my experience uh with just communicating with people with dementia mm-hmm. it's a little bit different you kind of you, you kind of go where their conversation is taking you mm-hmm. um so there are certain techniques about it and I was it was still a learning curve for me even though I have a lot of experience my experience has been one-on-one so mm-hmm. it was interesting to be at a table with 10 folks who, who are who have varying levels of communication skills and you want to validate every voice and you want to look people in the eye and so that just takes a lot of um physical and mental and emotional effort but it's Mm -hmm. it's what worth it i mean Mm -hmm. i leave every class having more than i've given so (laughs) that's great well, Abby and, and, and Robin, thank you so much. I uh, appreciate your time. We're looking forward to this exhibit. And, uh, and uh, yeah, it should be a great um, a poem in our eyes in, in June at SCLO. So oh, thank, thank you. you. Thank, thank you. you thank you. Yeah, thank you. in our eyes runs june 3rd through the 27th in our gallery uh, also check out ridgelines uh, websites ridgelines with an s languagearts.org information about all the programs they have and they obviously are uh they can be you know they help if you're so inspired to help them out to be great uh but again check if you when you're in the if you're in the library in june check out the exhibition of poem in our eyes it's again another really i think impactful exhibition in in our gallery so we're looking forward to to hosting it some other things happening depending on when you're listening to this uh if uh, if you are listening to this on may 29th on thursday may 30th it's the share your opioid story initiative event a community a community conversation on reducing opioid stigma last week's episode of the podcast we 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 talked with dr glenn sterner who coordinated the Share Your Opioid Story initiative, and you'll hear from um, a Teresa Stout who lost a daughter. It's, it's again, another, I say impactful, but um, important conversation that communities should be having with the opioid use across the country. Uh, so again, that's on Thursday, May 30th from 5.30 to 7.30 p.m. in our community room. And if you didn't hear last week's episode, I definitely encourage you to, to listen to my conversation with Glenn Sterner as he talked about the Share Your Opioid Story initiative. Uh, since we are now through the Memorial Day holiday weekend, SCLO is, uh, has summer hours, which means we are closed on Sundays now through Labor Day weekend. So just keep that in mind as you 
are looking for books or movies and materials to take out uh, over the weekend that we are now closed on Sundays, uh, but again, open uh, Monday through Saturday uh, for all your needs in terms of getting books, uh, DVDs, toys, whatever. So um, again, uh, so summer hours are now in effect at SCLO now through the Labor Day weekend. Saturday, June 1st, coming up. This is a big day for us. It's our Summer Reading Blast-Off event. Of course, Summer Reading, the theme this year is a universe of stories, sort of tying in that this uh, July marks the 50th anniversary of the moon landing. And so we are kicking off Summer Reading, our Blast-Off event, on Saturday, June 1st, from 10 a.m. to about 4 p.m., Tons of stuff happening. We have a couple concerts. Allegheny Winds concert will be the concert will be at 10 a.m. The Nittany Knights Barbershop Course will be performing at 11 a.m. A magic show by Randy Shine will be at 2 p.m. We have costume characters uh, walking around for uh, children to visit with, including Jet Propulsion uh, from the WPSU uh, PBS show Ready Jet Go. Uh, he'll be in our children's department at 10.30 for pictures and and, uh, meeting the kids there. Uh, The Usborne Book Fair is also, we we had this last year, it'll be taking place 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. That'll be near our lobby. Uh, Just, again, a bunch of things happening. Of course, on June 1st is the first day you can start logging in your reading and uh, putting in tickets to try to win some prizes. Uh, so it's just going to be a great day. Uh, we'll have a table set up outside on the corner of Beaver Avenue and Allen Street to, to greet people. Um, so definitely bring you know bring yourself, bring the family. Um, our summer reading kickoff, our this year a blast-off event uh, from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. on Saturday, June 1st. And that's just uh, obviously the start of what should be a fun-filled summer, especially with this space theme for summer reading, but we have other things happening. Uh, you can find out all of our uh, events coming up this summer at sclolibrary.org. The calendars uh, for the adult service is for the summer is out. The children's department one, uh, if it's not out uh, when you hear this, it will be out soon. Uh, again, and they'll have a whole... the calendar the whole list of events happening for the next few months as uh we have an uh, like i mentioned earlier an action-packed summer this year and uh, of course uh, you can also follow us on social media with facebook instagram and twitter and our podcast we're scheduling conversations to go with some of the things that we, we have going on this summer so stay tuned for those and I want to thank Abby Miner and Robin Passante again for joining me. Again, check out that exhibition, A Poem in Our Eyes, uh, for that features work done by residents of the of Center Crest uh, Nursing Home's Memory Care Unit. And until next week, we hope everyone has a good start to the uh, June and come out to our Summer Blast of event. And, but until next week, we hope to see you at Sklo Library.